and welcome to The Crude Report, Argus's podcast series covering global oil markets. I'm Amanda Hilo, Associate Editor of the Argus America's Crude Report, and I'm here with my colleague and Deputy Editor, Amanda Smith. Today, we'll be focusing on Hurricane Ida, which landed the 29th of August as a Category 4 storm and may just be the second most damaging storm to ever hit Louisiana. So before we start discussing the situation, I want to just note that we are recording this on September 5th. So by the time our listeners do hear this, most likely there will be some updates to the details of of what's going on. Um, But we can discuss what we know now. Ahead of the storm, you know, we saw both onshore and offshore infrastructure, which so that's comprising both supply and demand, shut down in anticipation of uh, Hurricane Ida developing into a major storm. And we have seen some impact on prices for the U.S. spot crude prices in the um, October trade month, which is the prompt trade month right now. And as more information becomes available, uh, we are likely to see prices move more and things to solidify more for the expectations in the market of what damage there is, what will continue and take longer to, to come back online, et cetera. We've been waiting for information about the damage and restart times to trickle in. And Argus has been updating this regularly. But at this time, it seems really like the demand side, the refineries in Louisiana are being quicker to restore operations overall than the offshore U.S. crude supply uh, from the Gulf of Mexico. But it's still early stages at looking at this. We'll just go over what we are seeing as of today. On the demand side, at the height of outages, uh, operations at nine refineries were shut in, curtailing throughputs by more than 2 million barrels per day. But we are indeed seeing these refineries begin to return online, with the latest estimate being that five refineries were still shut in, representing a little over a million barrels per day of capacity as companies still assess damage. Marathon Petroleum had said it sustained minor damage at its Garyville refinery, which is the largest in the state at 565,000 barrels per day, but that's already in the process of restarting. Part of what these refineries need in order to be able to restart and repair is electrical power. But utility company Entergy is beginning to offer some timetables for restoring electricity throughout the state. Some areas hit by Ida are still difficult to reach because of the level of devastation that's caused blocked roads. But Energy is using helicopters, drones, and other tools in order to assess these damages. And it said on Friday that power should be restored to most parishes around Baton Rouge and several near New Orleans by the middle of the week starting September 5th. And a couple of refineries uh, have applied for loans from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the U.S. SPR, and and they're going to get them. So that really does suggest that that they're going to be running that soon. Um, so for like ExxonMobil's Baton Rouge refinery, 500,000 barrels per day, it's restarting and it's going to be getting a loan of 1.5 million barrels of SPR crude. Placid's 300,000 barrel per day Port Allen refinery is getting a 300,000 barrel loan of SPR crude. And those companies will pay those loans back in two to three months along with premium barrels. And then we do know some refineries have suffered damages. There's been unspecified damage confirmed by Shell's uh, Norco refinery. So that's a 250,000 barrel per day refinery. And then Phillips 66's Alliance refinery, that's also uh, 250,000 barrels per day. Phillips 66 acknowledged at the Alliance refinery that there was a breach of a bank that allowed the Mississippi River to temporarily flow in. But a lot of the companies haven't really um, confirmed that they've had damage. 
So in terms of power, we know that both Shell Norco and Valero's 215,000 barrel per day St. Charles refineries are located in the St. Charles Parish. Um, Intergy's update today said that power in St. Charles's parish, it could possibly be out longer than some of the others. It said no later than September 29th, but that does lend more uncertainty to plants located in that parish. So as of now, we don't really have a solid feel about how long some of these refineries are going to be down. And you could say the same for the offshore production facilities. About 88% of offshore crude output, or 1.6 million barrels per day, was still shut as of this afternoon, compared to about 93% on Friday and 95% of production that was out the same day of Ida's landfall. Yeah, and, and we do know there were some delays even in getting people to see the facilities and to see what damage there was and to get people out there because Hurricane Ida where it came through in Louisiana. It damaged facilities at Port Fourchon and Homa, uh, Louisiana, where some companies have their onshore bases, so like their helicopter pads and such. So this has caused, for example, BP and BHP to have to relocate their onshore bases to other locations. We know that some platforms have had visual inspections that the companies have announced already that they see no visible, obvious major damage. So like BHP's Shinzi platform and BP's offshore facilities, they've said that, you know, they, they didn't see any obvious major damage. But companies, even after they get people out there, they're going to have to be running tests and make sure that they can safely restart the offshore production. Mm-hmm. And we know that some offshore producers are beginning to return workers to their platforms, but it's still going to take time. One source at a platform in the Main Pass area near Plaquemines Parish has said that they've restaffed, but they might not actually be able to restart for at least a week. One notable thing that was observed is we know that Shell observed damage at its West Delta 143 offshore transfer station. Um, so they put that in a press releases to let people know that. That platform is located where pipelines from multiple producing platforms meet. I said like Mars, Olympus, Ursa, that production meets and it goes into where the Mars pipeline capacity increases at that point to carry the crude to shore. Further downstream at Forshawn, Mars gets more volume from the Amberjack pipeline also. But the, the crude that goes through that one point, that West Delta 143 point, it's, it's a, a fair amount of crude. So from Louisiana state data online, we can see that the Mars pipeline crude that it carried that wasn't sourced from that Amberjack pipeline further downstream was about 233,000 barrels per day each month between the beginning of the year and July. And so that's out of a total of about 376,000 barrels per day monthly average of crude that the Mars pipeline carried to loop facilities in Clovelly during that same time period. So because the market knows that there's this issue that has the potential to affect Mars and other sour crude deliveries to the coast, we've been seeing the prices for these grades and other Louisiana crudes start to strengthen against the light sweet crude benchmark in Cushing, Oklahoma. Mars, which is the bellwether medium sour grade produced offshore, has risen about $1.65 per barrel to a premium of $0.25 per barrel since the 27th of August, and that's the final trade session before Hurricane Ida made landfall. And it's moved to a price that reflects its highest since the 18th of May. 
Similar quality Poseidon, which is also delivered by pipeline from offshore facilities to the Louisiana coast, is up $1.70 per barrel to a $0.45 cent per barrel discount, reflecting its highest in roughly the same amount of time. Southern Green Canyon, or SGC, was up by $1.49 per barrel on the week to a discount of $0.75 cents per barrel. SGC is another medium sour grade produced offshore like Mars and Poseidon, but instead of being delivered to Louisiana, it's delivered to Texas instead, where refinery demand has not been impacted by IDA damage. So we were initially seeing SGC firm much more quicker than the Louisiana delivered grades, but following news of the West Delta 143 platform, we've seen the Louisiana grades boosted much more quickly. And those increases on those Louisiana delivered grades might have been even more, but the news of those SPR loans may have helped temper gains on them. And really, it's still pretty early on in the October trade month. It, the October trade month ends on September 24th, and then deliveries, of course, don't start until the beginning of October. So we really do have some more time to figure things out before the end of the October trade month um, and to still see changes in the uh, the pricing. And that those SPR loans are going to be a faster way to increase crude supply for refiners coming back online who can't access their usual supply. So maybe either offshore supplies or in ExxonMobil's case uh, at the Baton Rouge refinery, that 1.6 million barrels is meant to alleviate logistical difficulties of supplying the refinery by way of the Mississippi River. And um, if there's extended outages of offshore crude production, the refiners could also uh, you know, run more imports, but those are going to take time to get to the U.S. before they would be able to run it. And I really think that we have to note, too, that the Louisiana offshore oil port is reporting some unspecified damage. They haven't released any details or a timeline to bring it back online, but for now, it is not loading or offloading any crude. Now, the offshore outages are also having a relatively substantial impact on the sweet sour spread at the U.S. Gulf Coast. And we can see that particularly if we look at the Argus Sour Crude Index, or ASCII, reflecting the price of Mars Poseidon SGC, and if we compare it to the AGS index, which reflects Permian Quality WTI at the U.S. Gulf Coast. The ASCII discount to AGS narrowed by $1.69 per barrel over the week to a discount of $0.71 per barrel, or its narrowest since the 25th of May. And the ASCII diff to the WTI benchmark in Cushing was up by $1.78 per barrel to a discount of just one penny. Now, if you look at the ASCII differential to Icebrent, which is the international benchmark for light sweet crude, that was up by $2.42 per barrel on the week to a discount of around $3.30 per barrel. Now, that's a much higher gain, but it's not quite as rare due to global market fundamentals that reflect a more volatile international benchmark. So that's only its highest since early July. Mm. Something else I wanted to uh, note is that uh, we saw a widening of the Mars October premium to November. So with the news of that West Delta 143, the flyover seeing the visible damage, we saw the backwardation in the Mars market increase. So at the beginning of the October trade month, October Mars was about 45 cents over November Mars. And then this was about the same as during the September trade month, the 
month one, month two spreads were in September, Mars averaged about 45 cents over uh, October as well. I think it was 48 cents. But in the first three days of September, so after Hurricane Ida, we saw that spread between a dollar and a dollar twenty as October's premium was boosted, you know, by the offshore issues and then the information later that uh, Shell had seen damage to that West Delta 143 platform and its flyover. So as we gain more information regarding timelines for restoration of both supply and of the demand facilities of the refineries, we may see this relative price fluctuate further. So we know from previous hurricanes that it can take a while for infrastructure and production to return online. For example, if you look at the case of Hurricane Harvey, which landed in August of 2017, around 3.7 million barrels per day of refining capacity had been shut in. And the downtime of some of those refineries lasted between four to six weeks. The impact at the time, though, was more focused along the Texas coast instead of Louisiana. Less than 400,000 barrels per day of offshore production was left shut in the day following Harvey, compared to 1.7 million barrels per day or more after Ida. But flooding in Texas had compelled a lot of producers to limit onshore operations after Harvey, particularly in the Eagle Ford Shale. And the largest impact that we had seen in prices from Harvey was in Texas light sweets rather than Louisiana sours because pipeline closures from the Permian Basin to the Texas Gulf Coast had boosted WTI values in Houston to two-year highs at the time. WTI Houston values now are remaining relatively steady in the aftermath of Ida, but we may see those start to draw some pressure if Louisiana refineries experience any longer-term outages which would result in loss of a major demand outlet for Texas crude. But again, for now, the largest impacts in the oil market that we're seeing are in sour grades like Mars, as these ongoing disruptions offshore may require companies to find alternative prompt supply. It's also worth noting that some offshore uh, production can be rerouted at times. So, for example, when Hurricane Laura came through in August of 2020, so August last year, there was damage to a platform and it made it so that crude uh, wound up being rerouted, diverted from the Cameron Highway pipeline. So that's the pipeline that takes crude that's sold as Southern Green Canyon and uh, takes crude to Texas. And then it rerouted some of the supply that would typically go into SGC. It rerouted it into pipelines going to Louisiana. And so it wound up getting into the Benito and Poseidon crew streams. And that crude was rerouted for like over five months as pipeline company Genesis. They suffered several delays and they had to, they built a bypass around that damaged platform. And they operate both the Poseidon oil pipeline and also Cameron Highway. So they were able to shift deliveries in that way, I think pretty easily in terms of it's, you know, as their same customers. You know, and in that situation, there was an alternative pipeline to ship crude, so they were able to do that. And there is some redundancy in different locations offshore, uh, but that's not always the case. So it's definitely still a wait and see situation. We will, of course, continue to monitor operations as they return to service, and we'll publish our findings online daily. But that'll be all from us for now. For more in-depth daily coverage of U.S. crude oil markets, consider subscribing to Argus America's Crude. You can find more information on this service at www.argusmedia.com. And thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of The Crude Report. 